We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> It may be the nighttime, but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting from the Kia Studios. It's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios on this Tuesday evening with you. I am joined this evening by a distinguished guest. Wes Blankenship is joining us. Now, I remember you and your days on 11 Alive. I know you're yep. doing all kinds of podcasting stuff yeah. now, right, with Marty Smith. I think of ESPN, right? Uh, you got a lot going on there. Yeah, we're really busy. Um, so what I mostly do, and John, thank you for having me in the studio Absolutely. this evening. Good to be back in the city as my career's taking me out closer to Athens these days, which is good because most of my work is for On3. Uh, dogshq.com, and if you're a Georgia fan, you know that the – correct way to spell dogs is d-a-w-g-s mm-hmm. uh so yeah that's where i spend most of my time i help out with outsider uh which is the other startup that's owned by the same company as on three every now and then but most of my work right now is with on three dogshq.com well you're going to be hanging out with us here till nine o'clock this evening we got a bunch as we say here in the south we're busier than a one-armed paper hanger west so that's um, right a couple of hours here we're going to get into some college football as we're waiting for the first poll uh, we are going to be here for the full four with you tonight. We ask you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in your car as much. You want to listen in. Best way to catch us on the go is through the Odyssey app. Wes, you want to put that on one of your devices today. You can take I'm, your smartphone. I'm doing it right now. Okay. You can, take yeah. your, you can take your Alexa speakers. You can take your tablet. You can take your Commodore 64, your Texas Instruments calculator, your Nikon camera, your Casio watch, whatever your device is. Just download us on something if, to be able to catch us on the go. If we could use our TI-83 calculators when I was in school to do the oh, apps yes. that everyone has yep. now, yep. I wouldn't have learned a thing. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I we had to get I had to get special calculators when I got into high school for calculus classes that they were Texas instruments and they were like, honest to God, they were like $150 calculators, right. which in those days was you know, like buying a eighty thousand dollar car. You know, I mean, it was yeah. ridiculous. Like buying a, a Cadillac. Yeah, buttons. buying a hundred and fifty dollar calculator. So, but they said it made us smarter. But I don't think it really helped me out. But anyway, uh, you can uh, check us out on our social media pages. The station is at nine two nine the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I am at jmch three one six. That of course is your 
water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there. He is at Wes underscore N-S-H-I-N-S-H-I-P. Right. Wes underscore Inship. And, sure. of course, wait wait for this one. Ready? Guess who's producing? It's Dylan. He is our executive producer. Dylan. And of course. Yeah. Hang on. We have to get his whole Dylan. Yeah. Dylan, 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 Dylan. At underscore Dylan Matthews, yeah. He's got a whole intro that he does, Wes. Dylan, very helpful getting me out of the parking garage up here, by the way. I would have been wandering around for ages. That's been the most useful thing that we've had him with here of late is he directs traffic. He directs traffic and gets everybody upstairs. That's what I do. As we said, a lot to get into here tonight, Wes. Uh, Obviously, we are waiting. Uh, We're getting ready for the first college football playoff Poll. So the uh, playoff committee is gathered up. Going to give us, um, you know, if I said to you, what's going to be your top four tonight? What do you think? What do you think the top four shakes out as? Uh, I got to imagine Tennessee's number one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if George is number two, and probably Ohio State, Michigan, three and four, just based on the the strength of schedule. That's what the committee likes. Uh, but Clemson could obviously be in Michigan's spot too. It's it's a really when I look back at first weeks of the CFP in years past, this one actually has a little bit of intrigue. For mm-hmm. me. I normally just say, ah, they're just numbers. They're going to shake out. But uh, but right now, I kind of want to see what they're thinking. I think Georgia's going to get the number one spot. I-, I think the benefit of, I know they say they don't take last year into account and stuff like that, but Georgia came in as a top three team in the country. There's no reason that there- there's... I don't know if they're right now the best team in the country or this, any other, but they've played like the number one team in the nation. And I think they get the benefit of the doubt. So I'm with you. I think me personally, I'd have Clemson four. Um, I think Michigan will be four. Uh, My personal, I think is what it's going to be is I think for me, it would be Georgia, Ohio state, Tennessee, Michigan would be my top four in that order. Uh, I love what Tennessee's done, but I think Georgia and Georgia and Ohio state came in as looked at as two of the top three teams in the nation they haven't done anything to put them below that. As good as Tennessee's been, those two teams came in as two of the three best programs in the country, and they've done nothing to disappoint thus far. It's so wide open just when you look at the opponents that uh, like Georgia and Tennessee share. Yes. And you see, you want to compare, and obviously the transitive property doesn't work in college football, uh, but they're dominating the teams that they play. I think Tennessee is, on average, beating teams by about four touchdowns. Georgia's a hair above that, I want to say. So that game control, they like that. The committee does. Uh, and it's the SEC. You mentioned the the benefit of the doubt that Georgia may get as the defending champs. The SEC seems to get a little bit of that too. But obviously it will shake itself out this Saturday. Oh, yeah, because, uh, listen, the two words we're going to hear tonight at some point from somebody is SEC bias. Like we have to have That's that. how they're going to say yeah, it too. Yeah, then they're going to go – SEC bias. Like, we have to make sure that we get that in there because It'll you're going to have go. potentially two SEC East teams that will be in the top three. So we will keep you up to date with all of that. We will react to it coming up here at 720. Uh, 7.40 this evening, we will talk to Tony Barnhart, the best in the business. He's got a new website that is out. Of course, you see him all over SEC coverage. And, of course, he will join us at 740. We'll go around the SEC with him. Um, Felipe Cardenas is going to join us at 820. Obviously, Atlanta United going to be a busy offseason, a lot of decisions. The decision to move on from Joseph Martinez, so we will talk to him coming up at 820. Um, West Falcons off today after what was a 
Uh, you know, at that was the <laughs> ultimate EKG, right? Who wants to lose less? Exactly. Like you talk about going from one ninety-eight percentile to the other in that game over the weekend. But look, here's the great thing about the NFL. No style points, no BCS computers, no Harris poll, no, no selection committees. Yeah. It's all about do you have a W or an L in the win column? That was a wild one on Sunday. So I went up to get uh, our little one up from her nap, and it was right after the penalty at the end of regulation, uh, right before they went into overtime. And maybe it's just the jaded Falcons' experiences in my heart, but I was just like, all right, I think I know how this one's going to shake out. <laughs> but I did not expect both teams to use the entirety of overtime to settle the game. You don't see that often. They... Uh... I will tell you this, to your point, the last regime would have lost that game. And and that's one of the big things about Arthur Smith is, I've always said, Wes, the, the thing I want to see for this franchise is give me an advantage on the sidelines on Sunday. I do not feel like we had an advantage on the sidelines. By the way, Old Miss comes in at number 11, so they are 11th in the poll as we're I'm looking tidy. at here. Old Miss, UCLA, Kansas State, Utah, Penn State, that's 11 through 15. So I, I always wanted to see us have an advantage on the sidelines on Sundays for the Atlanta Falcons. I feel like with Arthur Smith, I feel like we have that now. How can you not be excited to play for this guy? I'm looking at uh, photos that come up when you Google him, and he looks like he's been standing in a very long grocery line on a Sunday. Uh, just very uh, pleasant demeanor, and you've heard his press conferences. You don't want to cross Arthur Smith. And I can tell that he has his players' backs. And I think that is what you're referring to there. And if I'm a player, that's what I'm excited about. I think it's a total uh, just look at this organization. I'm the face of it. I'm going to own up to things that don't work. And when things do work, it's because my guys believe in me. And that comes through when I hear him speak. The media may not always get the kindest, gentlest exposure to Arthur Smith. But uh, as an NFL coach, I love it. And uh, for someone who doesn't have to ask the Falcons head coach questions anymore, I think it's really entertaining. But that's just me. So what if I said he looks like a guy at 1245 in the sub line at Publix as there's like four people in front of him and they're down to like one person. And the subs are on sale. Yeah. Chicken tender day. Yeah. Yeah. And, And they got like one person back there to make all of the subs for everybody while everybody else is putting chicken in the deep fryer and everything mm-hmm. like that. There's one person making subs. But anyway, I digress from uh, all of that. Um, Hawks last night, they get blown out. Look, it it, it was what it was. Um, you know, as my friend Sam Mitchell used to say, look, you can count on at least six or eight nights a year when even good teams just kind of get blown out and they get rolled. They haven't won in Toronto since 2016. Um, just kind of one of those nights, Wes. I don't put too much stock into it. Now, tomorrow they wrap up the road trip. They will be in New York. We'll be on after the game. So, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 tip. Hawks in Madison Square Garden. I think they'll bounce back. If they do, okay, now you got a 3-2 and two road trip to start the year. That's certainly better than the 1-8 and eight they started last year. But, you know, th- a 30-point blowout, I just kind of take it for what it is. It's so early in the year uh, that you can't really get too worked up about it one way or another. I'm with you there. I just want to keep an eye on some of the trends when you watch the Hawks with Trey Young, you know, maybe turning the ball over a little bit more than you're comfortable with. And, yeah, he can dish it out too. uh, But 
it's like anything. It's like football. You got to protect the rock, right? And then the uh, the three point percentage right now for the Hawks compared to what they do uh, from the other point options, two points and shooting field goals, uh, free throws, I should say. Uh, it's not great, and that obviously has to improve. And you have all of those things. Those are all the ingredients in your cake right now, and you're watching Red Velvet out in Sacramento just tear it up. Yeah, I mean, it's John, painful. John Collins has not been very good from three the last uh, couple of nights. That's been a rough start for them. So Hawks will be back in action coming up tomorrow in New York, taking on the dreaded New York Knicks again. We'll be on after the game. We'll be EOG until midnight with you uh, tomorrow. Um, we mentioned the Falcons. They are obviously off today. They get ready for the L.A. Chargers. But they did make some moves today. And the big move, of course, and we'll talk more about this in the Falcons flyover at the top of the hour. But Calvin Ridley is officially gone. Now, I never believed he would be back. Um, once the suspension came down, I think that was kind of the final nail in the coffin. But they get a couple of conditional picks um, like a fifth rounder potentially next year could be as high as another second rounder in 2024. I'm not as much worried about the compensation at this point. I just felt like obviously after the suspension, it was time for both parties to move on. How do you think that goes down? Do you think Ridley's just chilling at his abode, not really knowing what's going to go on, not, not knowing what his future may be. And he just gets a call like, Hey, we know you're not really a Falcon right now, but you're definitely not a Falcon. Well, the rumor was that they were close to a deal in place right before the suspension came down last year. Because I believed even during last year, I think that they had felt like they were ready to part ways with Ridley. And some of the rumor and innuendo, as we say in the wrestling podcast world, was that there was a, a deal that was coming down, then the suspension hit, and that put every put the phenoinks on everything. So I think that this I think everybody knew that this would be coming, that that this was going to be the final step. I mean, again, I, I I great. They got compensation for him. It sort of is what it is. It feels like just both parties, it was time to just hit that reboot button and move on from one another. Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence will be appreciative of that, but no one is more broken up about this, it seems, than uh, Cordero Patterson, who is wearing a free Ridley, Calvin yes. Ridley shirt on yeah. Sunday. And by the way, uh, Trevor Lawrence has got bigger fish that he's got. He's got to get his act <laughs> together because he he's needs not to figure very, it out. Yeah, he's not played uh, yeah. very well. So uh, very quickly right now, Alabama's coming in at six. Michigan is coming in at five. Okay. So that means Clemson's going to come in at four, which I, I, I said I would have had Clemson four. I think the resume, especially out of conference even, is better than – than what Michigan? I mean, Michigan's got what Hawaii and some people like that on their and they're out of conference. And the Big Ten has not been very good um, this year. So we will get into what the top four is up next. By the way, too, Game Three of the World Series is back after their rainout, and you can tell how much people care about the World Series right now, like nobody cares uh, for it. So anyway, when we get back, we will react to what the top four is. We'll start to preview and take a look at what's going to happen in Athens on Saturday. West Blankenship sitting in with me. This is the John Chuckery Show, live in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92 and the Game and the Odyssey.com app. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with your John Chuckery Show live in the Kia Studios. Wes Blankenship is joining me here for these first couple of hours. Hey, every day get the NFL headlines delivered straight to your smart speaker or earbuds. The best football show podcast wraps up the world in 15 minutes, so be smarter at the water cooler. Well, that's what I'm here for. Uh, Host Elliot Shore Parks. Is that right? Have I got that right? Elliot Shore Parks? Got, Got three names. Yeah. I uh, hope he's not a serial killer. Anyway, explains the biggest story from multiple vantage points and the ripple effects it has throughout the show. Uh, follow Best Football Show for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line open and ready for you as we obviously have the top 25 from the college football playoff poll. By the way, follow us on our Twitter pages. Stations at 929 The Game. I am at JMCH316. He is at Wes underscore NSHIP. And of course, you got to shorten my Dylan last now. name somehow. It's just, uh, it's outrageous how many letters are in there. No, that's fine. Listen, uh, everybody fusses about my Twitter handle. I wanted JMC316, yeah. but there's some guy in Korea that's got that. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's why I had to throw the H in well, there. Well, with everybody leaving Twitter, they're saying that yeah, you might that be may able be a good to th- yeah, that's find right. your name. Let's hope. I mean, I wish everybody would leave Twitter. But anyway, <laughs> uh, except people that follow us, right? That's right. Um, all right, so here's what we got. Here's the top six in tonight's college football poll. So Alabama comes in at number six. Michigan comes in at number five. Clemson comes in at number four. At number three is the University of Georgia in Athens. Ohio State is number two. And that, of course, leaves Tennessee as the number one team in the nation. Rocky I am top on top. Yeah, I, I am a little, I mean, listen, Ohio State, Georgia, Tennessee, we're going to be one, two, three in whatever order that you thought it was. I am a little bit surprised that they did put Tennessee over both Ohio State and Georgia, even if it's just this first poll or what have you, because obviously Tennessee and Georgia have to play one another. But I guess I am a little bit surprised that they gave Tennessee the top spot in this. So, I don't get too lathered up about what these rankings are from week to week. I do uh, I do spend a lot of time in fascination of what does it mean that the committee thinks? What are they thinking about this team right, right. now? And will it, you know, will they connect those dots from week to week? And evidently it tells me 
that they really like Tennessee's win over Bama at number six, and they really like Tennessee's win over LSU's number 10, which uh, was pretty high. Um, but, look, uh, LSU's a mixed bag. They've been up and down all year. Tennessee's been steady, and evidently they the committee really likes that win in Death Valley, and the win over Bama is always going to look good on anyone's resume. Well, let's look at – think about it from this standpoint in the top six, right? Before we get to the final college football playoff poll, okay, if things kind of hold chalk, Tennessee, Georgia are obviously going to play one another, so you're going to knock one of those teams down or out. Ohio State, Michigan are going to play one another, so one of those teams are going to get knocked down or out. And then very possibly Alabama – will get their shot at the winner of Tennessee and Georgia. Now, I'm going to assume Alabama wins out, but they could always get tripped up mm-hmm. again. Old Miss or somebody trips them up before the end of the year. But it's it's kind of weird to think about how the top six teams, how there's a lot of interplay that those mm-hmm. teams are going to have with one another between now and basically the first weekend in December. It makes me wonder, John, if Tennessee at number one – if the committee doesn't look at the Vols and think, even if they lose to Georgia, right, that they're still they a playoff still have team, a path, right, and maybe they don't necessarily feel the same way about the Dogs. Do you, Do you think that? You think that if Tennessee loses, they will still be looked at more favorably than if Georgia loses? I think so, just because of the teams they've already gone toe to toe with, and look, you you can critique Tennessee's wins. Yeah, they beat Bama. It was a great win. However, Bama obviously not playing its best game. What was it? 13 penalties, 17 penalties, 17 whatever penalties. it was. Yeah. So, I don't really know if if Bama's the same Bama that we always look at year in and year out and if that proves to be the case, then how impressive was that Tennessee win? You know, once we get to the end of the season, we'll have a better picture of all that stuff. But Georgia's win right now, the lone win, is Oregon. And really all Georgia has left from a value standpoint is Tennessee. I mean, Kentucky's dropped a few games now. Mississippi State has two. And Georgia Tech is, uh, pardon the pun, a, a bug on the windshield, I would imagine, at the end of the year. So, yeah, it's all about the strength of schedule. That is what the committee values the most. So it makes sense to me with the Vols being as high as they are. Yeah, and if you look at their, you know, look at their wins. I mean, obviously Alabama, Kentucky, Florida were all in Knoxville. So, you know, three of their bigger wins this year were in Knoxville. They played LSU during the day While in Baton Rouge. People were still eating their breakfast. Right, exactly. So I mean, you're playing early in the day in LSU. I'm not discrediting the win, but this, it's not your traditional – doesn't feel like your traditional at LSU kind of win. And the pit game, I mean, okay, that's the same team that lost to Georgia Tech. So, I don't, you know, I know they were 17th at the time when they played Tennessee, but – It's early in the year. Right. I mean, and that's a, that was a really good game last year when they played Knoxville, those two teams. So, I don't know how much the pit win now, how good that win looks. Right. Look, I'm an, I, I went to Akron U. That's not even an FBS win anymore. Like that's that's like kicking a, an eight year old in the shins and uh, don't, knocking them down. Don't do that to the zips. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just dreadful. And Ball State's dreadful too, uh, by the way. So obviously, if they go on the road and beat Georgia this weekend, 
I got no issue with them being oh. clearly the best team in the country. You beat Alabama and Georgia in the same year, you know, and then mix in some, you know, a ranked Florida, LSU, and Kentucky team. Their resume will be hard to match. Game That's over. why, to your point, yeah. I don't. I think that even if I think that they're kind of team that if they got to the SEC title game and let's say lost to Bama, they'd still be a playoff team. That that they could still be a playoff sure. team with that resume. Right. There's just so many other factors this year, and I look back at 2017 when Bama didn't. I say didn't have to play the SEC championship game. Normally, that's a game that you get to play in. Bama didn't have to. One less game of wear and tear. Uh, they didn't have to travel like Georgia did. And it helps them be a little bit fresher maybe in that national championship game to outlast Georgia. I wonder this year if there's that same kind of path for Georgia and or Tennessee. But as of right now, I think either one of those teams might need a little bit more help with TCU lurking, with Clemson being number four in these rankings. Uh Ohio State and Michigan, both a factor, too. It's going to be tougher. And Oregon, I mean, Pac-12 champ. There's going to be a lot of decisions that have to be made because, yes, Oregon's been fantastic since that blowout loss to Georgia, uh, but they did get blown out by Georgia. Yes. So it's a lot to decide. I, I think the Pac-12 is set up nicely to be in the four big six non-playoff games this year. I think that Oregon and Southern Cal are both set up pretty well. I don't think either team is set up to get to the playoffs. I don't think Oregon, even if they run the table, I don't think you can overcome. We talked to Heather Dinich last week. I don't think she kind of agreed. I don't know that you can overcome 49-3 to to start the year. I don't care yeah. if it was coming west to east and you're playing at Mercedes-Benz you know, in the city of Atlanta. It was still you got 49-3. to It's hard to tell me that I want to line those two teams back up in another neutral site game and say, okay, guys, go at it. And let's see what's going to be different this yeah, time. Yeah, we've seen that story already. Yeah. What? Uh, let's talk about the Georgia-Tennessee game here for a minute. You know, besides just the game itself, obviously we got word on Friday about Coach Dooley yeah. passing. You know, the emotion, the, the excitement, and also just the emotion in general in Athens. And we're going to be out there all weekend long, Friday and Saturday. But – I don't know, man. This is going to be an unprecedented environment because of those two things coming together at the same time. I I want to say something, and hopefully this doesn't come across as cynical, but the timing of Coach Dooley's passing was not great for the immediate remembrance of his legacy, if right. that makes sense. Right. Friday before Georgia-Florida, you go into that game and everything that that is, and then you roll out of that into the game of the century in right, Athens. Right. So I think that's an excellent point that Athens will have, I think, a little bit of that spirit of remembrance of Coach Dooley. They named the field after him a few years ago, uh, and it will always bear his name at this point. That's a part of this weekend. I mean, it, it just all kind of combines for this all-time – Georgia weekend that no one's ever seen in Athens before. Yeah, I think this will be the, the the highest rank that any two teams have played in Sanford Stadium, I believe, now that we know that it's one versus three. I, right. I believe that's the highest that I mean and a lot of people thought it might be one three the other way. Georgia won Tennessee three. They out of all it's of it. one two because yeah. Tennessee's tied. Yeah, wink wink. They they right. nudge nudge they tied. Did you notice how they all of a sudden they wink wink nudge nudge tied Ohio State in the right. in the AP poll? Like they just kind of found themselves all of a sudden I know they've been closing the gap over the last couple of weeks, but actually 
Last week, the gap had separated a little bit more between Tennessee and Ohio State from the previous week mm-hmm. coming off the Alabama win. But, With the votes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, if you look at the first place votes, but nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Oh, yeah, they're, they're number two now. Yeah. Uh, found themselves up there tied. Like, how often do you get a tie, especially in, like, one, two, three? Like, how often are you going to get an AP poll tie? I wonder tie if the committee would ever roll out a tie. That would be Is awesome. Is that in their bylaws anywhere? Like, they like, how, really so, uh, can't separate the, these two teams? Have, have, have they had three or four people quit this year? Because normally by this time they've had three or four people that are off the committee. Are <laughs> they still, like, full bore? They've got everybody in place. Like, like, screw this, we can't handle it anymore. Yeah, like, like usually by now, like, they start out with 13, right? I think it's 13 members on the yeah. committee. So usually by the time even the first poll rolls around, they've already lost one or two people on the committee sure. because of whatever. Remember, um, I want to say like Pat Hayden one mm-hmm. year when he was the AD and he got let go at, at Southern Cal, he was off the committee and things like that. So like by the time the first poll comes along, which we're obviously more than two-thirds of the way through the season, yeah. somebody's fallen off the poll committee already. So we don't get a full – we don't get the full throat of all 13 people. So uh, – but that would be fascinating if they just could not decide. I mean, that's almost like what – Baylor and TC were TCU were yes. a few years ago yeah. when they were I mean lockstep with switch like, the uniforms yeah on them. like they could have square danced the they were so close I mean right. they were they were that tight at the hip out there so um, but it is interesting that this first poll is going to have a lot of I mean the month of November mm. is loaded I mean we haven't we had nobody's talking about LSU Alabama right and coming that's up a this top week ten yeah CFP matchup. yeah I mean nobody's yeah. talked about that game I mean that. That, you talk about the game of the century. That's been the game of the century for the last decade. Yeah, isn't that isn't that interesting how it switched from that SEC West clash and now yep. it's the East with Georgia and Tennessee? Well, and- I, I don't know how old of a guy you are, but you know when I was growing, well, I, I shouldn't depends, say when I was growing depends up. Depends who's asking. Um, well, let's put it this way: I wouldn't say growing up. I was in my late twenties, but you know Tennessee, Florida was the premier SEC matchup. Like that was the third week in the of the season. Tennessee and Florida, you can't spell citrus without UT. Mm-hmm. You know, Peyton Manning going 0 for 4 again. Like, that was the marquee matchup in SEC football, and it happened so early. You know, that game took place usually by the third, fourth week of the season. So, like, the biggest game of the year in the SEC was played really early. And it's funny how these shifts – because, look, most of my entire life – I've said this before – LSU was a throwaway program. That's Jerry DiNardo – um, Tommy Hodson and people like that in my lifetime. They were a throwaway program. Yeah, who's and, this team wearing purple and yellow? Exactly. I mean, I wasn't alive for Billy Cannon, so I can't tell you what they were then. But once Saban gets on, they become a national champion. Then Alabama-LSU was the marquee matchup. Now it feels like Georgia-Alabama is the that, – that's the cream of the crop for where the conference wants to be. Alabama's season is not done yet. I do find it interesting – that from a Bama fan's point of view, you are really starting to wonder if you live in a simulation because you're looking at these teams that you've owned, all right, Georgia, every time you play them, mm-hmm. Tennessee. Well, who's going to worry about Tennessee ever if you're Alabama? And now within the past calendar year, you've lost to Georgia and the Natty, and you've lost a really tough game at Tennessee. Well, listen, it – the game is past saving by. It's time for him to retire and get out of the sport. But anyway, I joke, I kid. Anyway, when we get back, Tony Barnhart is going to join us, uh, the best in the business of covering college football and the SEC. We'll talk to Tony up next. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, West Blankenship, hanging out with me till 9 o'clock. Sports Radio, 92 on the game in the Odyssey.com app.
Sports Radio. So who is this person? It's John Chuckery. How are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show coming to you live on this Tuesday evening as the college football universe. The epicenter is going to be Athens, Georgia as Tennessee and Georgia hook up. Not just that, but obviously going to be a celebration on the life of Coach Vince Dooley. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to the best in the business. Everybody knows Tony Barnhart. Follow him on Twitter at Mr. CFB. And Tony, as always, we appreciate it, buddy. And again, you're busy as a one-armed paper hanger right now. you got a lot <laughs> going on over at your website, do you not? We do. We, uh, with, with everything that's happened uh, this season, obviously the First rankings coming out from the college football playoff. Uh, our, our website is TMG College Sports. You can just do a quick Google search on it for TMG College Sports, and it'll take you right there. But we've got uh, a weekly podcast that we post on Friday and some other things that post on Saturday. So we are we're staying busy, but it's a fun busy. Tony, this Saturday, we just kind of brought it up. It's not just Tennessee, Georgia, you know, two top three teams, obviously playing for the SEC East, the, the pageantry, maybe the biggest game we've seen at Sanford Stadium, but obviously the emotion of, you know, most likely having celebrations for Coach Dooley as well. Is When you take the totality of everything that's coming up, is going into this like being looked at as maybe kind of one of the, the, the biggest environments that's ever happened at Sanford Stadium? Oh, I would have to think so. I mean, they, they haven't had a one versus two game uh, at Sanford Stadium. That's never happened. Uh, and it, it, with everything that's going on, with losing Coach Dooley, with Georgia being ranked number one or two or three or whatever it is, and uh, having that kind of matchup, it is, uh, it, it'll be a special day. The Notre Dame visit in, was, was big. Uh, that, that was an incredible environment. But uh, when you – but you know, uh, a top five matchup plus the uh, plus the loss of Coach Dooley, it will be a very loud and very emotional day at Sanford Stadium at Dooley Field. Tony, in looking at the game itself, the the thing I am going to be laser focused on is Tennessee is a top ten rushing defense in the country. But I think there's a little bit of fool's gold behind that because I don't think enough teams have really challenged them. And once they get up on you, Tennessee, you're trying to fight your way back. I thought they played really well against Kentucky last week, but Kentucky got so one-dimensional in that game. Georgia's a lot more balanced. Do you think that the Georgia running game can make some hay against Tennessee, or are they going to have to resort to, resort, excuse me, to trying to throw it more? I think Georgia's going to have to be balanced. Uh, one of the things you want to do, is run the ball effectively because you really need to limit the number of possessions that Tennessee is going to get. If you can just limit their possessions by one or two a game, that could be significant. The other thing with Tennessee is you cannot let them get off to a fast start because if you do and they get you in a hole, as you just mentioned, you're spending the whole game trying to dig your way out, and that's when mistakes happen. So if for Georgia to win, I think they've got to keep the game in the 30s for both teams because if they get into the 40s, I don't think Georgia can win that game. Tony, you think win or lose at this point, Josh Heupel is the coach of the year in the SEC. Is there much debate about that? I wouldn't think so, that, that, that there'd be any debate any debate about it. I mean, 
talking about its second year, and that team has improved dramatically, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and, and to be this play in this place his second year, and the amount of roster rebuilding that had to be done, and the uh, the way that Hendon Hooker is playing, as he's got to be in the top two for the Heisman, top three for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I think Josh Heupel's, based on what we know so far, is your coach of the year. Yeah. College football writer Tony Barnhart joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Don't forget to check out his new website, TMG College. All kinds of good information there as well. Tony, as we bounce around a little bit through the SEC, obviously Brian Harson got uh, let go. No real surprise there. You know, I get in this argument a lot with people about the Auburn job. Auburn is a school that obviously you can win a national championship at. So it may not necessarily be Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson right now, but Auburn doesn't really have to take a back seat to a lot of other schools and programs across the country. How attractive is that job, and, and what do you think they're going to look for in the next coach? Not necessarily names, but, but profiling a guy in, in what they want in their next football coach. Well, obviously, it's got to be someone who can recruit at a very, very high level. One of the frustrations with Brian Harson and his staff is they, they – what you have to realize about coaching in the SEC and recruiting in the SEC is you can have the number – you can have the number eight recruiting class in the nation and be 13th, 15th or 20th in the SEC. Uh, or my, my point is that you could be way down the list in the SEC. You've got to recruit an extremely high – national level so that's number one uh number two you have to understand the dynamic of auburn being in the same state with alabama and having that rivalry if you don't understand and embrace the auburn culture which i'm not convinced that brian harson really did until it was too late uh you're you're not going to make it uh, at auburn but everything is in place at a place like auburn to win a national championship they won a national championship in 2010 they almost won a national championship in 2013. Gus Malzahn was three and five against uh, Nick Saban. There weren't too many guys three and five against Nick Saban. So the point is, everything all you need at Auburn is there. It's a matter of having the right person in charge. Tony, do you think Alabama is vulnerable this year? Do you think that an old Miss, with how good they run the football? can upset in Alabama or you think Alabama is even more laser focused after that Tennessee game that, you know, that's, that's it for the losing for the regular season for Bama. Well, I do think Alabama is going to win the rest of their games, but I do believe they are vulnerable. Uh, you sit there and, and you look at the, look at the rest of the schedule. Uh, got to go to LSU. That's never, never easy. I expect that to be a tough game. You got to go to Ole Miss. And the way that Ole Miss is playing right now, so but Alabama has found way, except for the Tennessee game, they found found ways to win. And so, but this team, this team is not nearly as strong as some of Saban's teams that we've seen in the past. They don't run the ball nearly as well. Their receivers, by Alabama standards, by what they've had before this, their receivers are pretty average. But they uh, they have the, one of the best quarterbacks you're ever going to see. And what I tell people is, if you want to beat Alabama. You better get a lead on them because if you give Bryce Young the ball uh, with two minutes to go and his team trailing, he's going to win the game. Best in the business, Tony Barnhart joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline as we get ready for Tennessee and Georgia coming up this Saturday. I want to ask you about Stetson Bennett. If you project out, and I know pace and projection is always a, a funky, wonky kind of thing, 
But his pass attempt numbers this year are going to push, if they play, let's say, 15 games, you know, he's on pace to be in the 450-plus range this year. I know you've seen a lot of Georgia football. I don't know who has the record. I know Zyre threw it in the 400s. But no. the idea of where this offense is and putting the trust in Stetson, opening this thing up, I mean, is this is this really the evolution of what we've kind of been waiting for with the Georgia offense to, to I, I hate to say get modern, but, I mean, obviously take that next evolutionary step. Well, they have they have a whole lot of confidence in Stetson. His teammates have a lot of confidence in him. And they, there's no question that when they opened the season the way they did against Oregon, it was like, okay, something's different here. And uh, still, having said all that, the key for Georgia, or certainly one of the keys for Georgia, is when they've got the lead in the fourth quarter, they have to be able to run the football, and thus far they've been able uh, to do that. They got As they always do, they have a good stable of running backs. But I just think they have a lot lot more confidence to let Stetson uh, kind of fling it. Now, he played great against Florida in the first half uh, last Saturday. Did not play nearly as well in the second half. So I'm kind of anxious to see uh, what Stetson does against a, a defense like Tennessee's. Obviously, we got the word Nolan Smith going to be out for this game as well. And, look, it's not all just about what you see on the stat sheet. Um, I think that – you know, they, they proved that last year with some of their players, Trayvon Walker being the, the most specific example. But Nolan Smith, one of the leaders of that defense, I had a chance to talk with him at SEC Media Days. It feels like one of the things they've got to do is get after Hooker and at least make his life uncomfortable, and Smith was a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that Nolan Smith is, is, a great, is a great edge rusher. And what you have to do is kind of what Alabama did against Bryce Young in the second game, in the national championship game, is make him throw before he's ready. Uh, now, Hendon Hooker does a great job of buying times, buying time with his legs and getting in position to throw the ball. But they're going to have to keep pressure on him so that he doesn't set his feet and throw it when he wants to throw it. If they can do that, if Georgia can do that, they have got a, got a real chance in this game. But uh, – he uh, hookers is just playing so well right now you just can't can't let him let him beat you with his legs tony you're an atlanta guy let me let me go separate from the sec for a minute uh because i know you know about the georgia tech program as well and look there was a lot of excitement a couple of weeks ago win a couple of games you know probably shouldn't have beat Pitt, but they did beat duke but then you know an awful game against virginia you get blown out and run by florida state their schedule's not fun the rest of the way, which, oh, by the way, would include Georgia. Where I know it's a Power 5 school. I know you're in the ACC. But is there the culture there to attract a top type of guy, a, a, a really good football coach to that program? Or are guys looking at that as the, the money may not be there, the facilities may not be there? I mean, how does Georgia Tech look as far as from the outside, as far as the quality of their program right now? Well, the, the, I, I think they still have work to do on their facilities. Uh, you got to con- consider who you're recruiting against uh, in the ACC. Obviously, you're recruiting against Clemson and Florida State and North Carolina. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I think they've got to improve on the facility side. But it is about bringing in the right coach who takes advantage of what Georgia Tech has to offer. Georgia Tech has uh, incredible, uh, from an NIL standpoint, they've got all these Fortune 500 companies living in Atlanta. 
for for uh, for young players is is a lot of fun. And uh, now, are the academic issues there? Yes, they are. Uh, everybody's still got to take freshman calculus, so I so I feel feel for them there. But Georgia Tech has what it takes. They just need to make a little bit larger commitment. They have a brand new president who I had a chance to meet. I'm very impressed by him. So that's why this hire this hire is going to be interesting because you have to take the things that exist at Georgia Tech and maximize them to your advantage. And Georgia Tech's got a lot going for them. He's on Twitter at Mr. CFB. Tony, tell us one more time about the new website you got going on. TMG College Sports. It's, it's, I'm in business with three other old sports writers. Uh, we've got a collective 151 years of newspaper experience, and we're having a lot of a lot of fun with it. But it's TMG College. Just do a search on TMG College Sports. You can go straight to our website, and uh, we were, each one of us writes about three or four times a week, and we have a blog or a podcast that we post uh, on Fridays that we'll uh, be working on soon. Tony, it's going to be a fun day on Saturday. It's going to be an emotional day on Saturday. As always, man, we appreciate a few minutes uh, here with on the show tonight. Okay. Appreciate it. You got it. John Chuckery will be back. Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.